Always nice to have a little uh, mid-service stand-up <laughs> by Roger Nix, right? <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, Anna was going to preach this morning and at 7 o'clock this morning. She goes, I think I can make it. It's just that I'm throwing up. I was like, don't come. And so, guys, she had such a message she was carrying today. She was like in tears to not be able to give it. So she loves you guys so dearly. But we said, you know, you can throw up by yourself at home. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, let's pray for Anna. Lord, heal her up. And also, Dane's sick. Lord, just rid that stuff from our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, we've uh, so <clears throat> been talking about what it means to be church as we see in this letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church. And so we've just been kind of picking stuff out of it. And so today, um, I'm going to use the passage that Anna was going to use and note some stuff. And then we're going to have a couple other people besides myself talk. Um, I thought that what LB and Matt were sharing was really, really significant. I thought it was interesting. At the last minute, I found out Sam, just at the last minute, decided to do that song, Holy, Holy, Holy. Wednesday night, we, that, he didn't know this, but that was the very song we were worshiping the Lord with in the elders meeting that we have every week, focused on Isaiah 6 and the holiness of the Lord and how the, it's the, the, the stunning thing is Isaiah in the presence of this God who says, I am ruined. The response is not that God says, so away from me. He says, no, let me cleanse you of your sin so that you're fit to be right here. You belong here because I'm making you fit to be here. And so I feel like that some of the stuff, in spe- specifically the Lord wants to break off, is uh, he wants to expose a voice of accusation that sounds familiar to us, but it is not the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and it, but it's just been so there that we, we think it's normal, but it's not. I'll tell you about an experience I had yesterday uh, to illustrate that here in a minute. But let's look at the text because this is where the good stuff happens. So this is at the end of Paul's letter where really it seems like the whole reason Paul wrote the letter was to say thank you for a gift that the Philippians gave him as he was in Rome. And so I'll read this thank you, which is at the end of the letter and make a few points about it. So let's read it out loud. Or I say that I'm going to read it out loud while you listen. I've noticed if you don't make that clear, there's like three people who go, I rejoice currently. And like <laughs> trying to be obedient and it's very awkward. And sorry about that. I'll read this out loud while you follow along. Paul says to the Philippians, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles." Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. 
What I desire is that more be credited to your account. See, I've received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Epaphroditus is their, the buddy from Philippi who brought the gift to Paul. The, those gifts are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And all the saints said, Amen. So, what do we learn about church according to Philippians in this passage? It's very, very simple. Is that we give to each other. Normal behavior of the church, the people of God, is that we give to each other. It's just that simple. And, and there's, there's three things that, you, that we see as to why is it. You know, God's so smart that he, he, it's just good to do what he says, whether we know why or not. Have you noticed this? Have you ever noticed that he doesn't explain why? <laughs> but he's just so smart and he loves us so dearly. It's just a great thing to do what he says. But there's at least three things we can see in this passage as to why, why we give to one another. Why it's beautiful to give to one another in the church. The first one is that it's a basic way that we love each other. Paul says it this way. He said, I rejoice great in the Lord that last you renewed your concern for me. I know you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. We know that scripture of, you know, when we're, when we're loving someone, is it 1 John 3? It's, it's, it's nice to be able to say, be warm and filled, and then send someone along the way, but it's a lot nicer to give them a coat and some food. And so he's saying, this is a basic, fundamental way that we have to love each other. He goes on to say, it was, he said, I'm not even really looking for your gift, but thanks for sharing in my troubles. Have you ever been in a place of isolation where things aren't going that great, and you feel like you're the only person in the world who's ever experienced this? So I, often I found that the loneliness and isolation is worse than the suffering itself. But the expression that you're not alone. Maybe you've even been in a position. Have you ever received a gift from someone that kind of was humiliating? <laughs> like you're like, I, I don't want to feel this needy right now. But there's this moment where you just had to accept it and realize, oh my goodness, I'm seen. I'm loved. So we give to one another just as a way to concretely express our love. Another reason why we give to one another is that we get to see God's provision. Here's what Paul says about that. It's so interesting. He's saying, he's saying, I'm so grateful you were concerned. You gave me this gift. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Because I've learned to be content Whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul's saying, God has already got me. How cool that this is the thing that Matt's hearing. Matt didn't know what I was going to speak about this morning. Brooke didn't know. But he's already, Paul skipped, but God has me. 
I've already figured out that having a lot or having a little isn't actually relevant. That being content isn't about reaching a goal. It's about being in relationship with a person who owns everything, who has everything, who at times has even withheld things from me so that I would learn to depend on him instead of myself. I just about fell off the stage. He's got me. Matt said he's got you. (laughs) Yeah, Paul goes on. I don't desire your gifts. I desire that more be credited to your account. I have found that I don't actually believe that God will supply things for me till I put myself in a position where he has to. How many of you would call yourself, like me, risk-averse? Now, some of you are like, not at all, and gambling makes sense to you. (laughs) See, I don't understand gambling addiction whatsoever. I mean, there's no joy at the beginning, middle, or end for me. That doesn't sound fun. Let's go, most likely guarantee we'll lose things, you know. There's a reason those casinos keep building, right? It's not because of all the winners, Right? But I, right? But there's something about the moment of giving that opens us up to receive God's provision. I still, I still remember this time. Uh, I'm 51 years old here in a few weeks, and, and, and so I have the luxury of having seen a lot of different churchianity over the years. And I remember I must have been like six years old, and I was in a tent meeting, for real, somewhere in Iowa, and I don't know where in Iowa. I was with my parents, and and I remember my grandmother had given me a $5 bill, which to a five- or six-year-old is a boon, man. I can do all kinds of stuff with this $5 bill, way pre inflation of now, too, so, you know. And so I remember sitting in this service and feeling like they're, they're having a giving line at the end of it and feeling like I need to give this $5. And, and for a six-year-old, it's like I need to give up my life inheritance. You know, it's kind of what I said. And so I stood up in the line. My parents are going up there. And I stood up there and I sobbed the entire way. <laughs> I was literally crying the whole time in the basket and then going back sitting down. To the degree, like, Grandma came up and gave me more money. And, of course, in my thought, I'm thinking, but if you gave me five, I'd have ten now if I hadn't given that. There's something in, endemic to our hearts. There's something in us that, that we're just scared to not have enough. But there's this weird thing that we believe in a God that we can't actually see at the moment except through His people. So that when I risk and put myself in this situation that, that, that I could, could it be that God would take care of me? I could go on and on about stories like this where Paul ends with this, says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Have you guys ever seen images from the Hubble telescope? I mean, God's got stuff going on, man. 
I mean, there's galaxies that we can't see yet. There's, you know, I mean, he, like, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars is an, is like an annoying detail to him. It's not a big deal. But what's a big deal to him is our trust. It's our trust, these opportunities to trust. So giving is a wonderful way that we actually get to see God's provision. Some of us might say, I've never seen God provide, but it might be because you've not risked in giving. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, I have seen him do crazy stuff in response to me giving and expecting nothing in return. Okay, why is another reason we give to each other is that we get to partner in the gospel together. What does that mean? Well, is it interesting? Paul says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Well, what does that mean? Renewed your concern. They must have been concerned before for Paul. And then Paul goes on. Actually, if you look at the very beginning of Philippians, he says, I'm so thrilled I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And skip back to the passages. Looked Philippians in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel. In other words, these early days. When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. The partnership in the gospel that the Philippians had with Paul was that they gave money to him. In fact, Paul was so moved by this. It's not the only partnership they had. It's part of it. But Paul was so moved by what he did at the first that in the letter he wrote to the church in Corinth, which was a letter he wrote about probably about nine years before this. This is what he wrote to Corinth. So this is a totally different city, totally different church years before He says, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace God has given the Macedonian churches. Anybody know what the Macedonian churches are? It's Philippi in Thessalonica. So he's talking about the Philippian church here. Because Thessalonica didn't give, Philippi did. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy. They were in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty Welled up in rich generosity. What a crazy phrase. That their, their severe trial, that in the poverty welled up into generosity. For I testified that they gave me as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. In Tyler on the own, their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring us also to completion, this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, Corinthian church, see that you excel in this grace area of giving. It was this, this idea that, that this partnership in the gospel is not just that Paul needed money to go preach. It's that the gospel is what we believe to be the true story of history. That God made the world, that 
sin and Satan have messed up the world. But the, through Jesus' death and resurrection, he's taken all the darkness of the world on himself. And whoever puts their faith in him, he's restoring the Garden of Eden reality. Again, Brett took about, talked about this. That in this moment, we're going to live in a place like the Garden of Eden. That we don't have to worry about whether we'll eat again. So that through their financial gift, Paul's embracing in this Garden of Eden reality, in this Kingdom of God reality, that the world is changing through Jesus. That it's, it's not an economy anymore of desperately grabbing for stuff and outpacing the other guy and making sure you win so you'll survive. It's a, it's a new economy where we give away stuff because we have limitless supply coming to us. From the God who loves us. So here's what's fascinating to me about talking about giving. Um, especially as a pastor, it's always, you always feel a little like, okay, everyone's going to question my motives. <laughs> and would you believe me to say that I think I can say with great confidence with Paul... I don't desire your gifts. Actually, we're going to do a financial report here in a second because it's so important that you know how we're doing with what we're doing your money, with, with the money you give. But the truth be told, we're doing just fine. So we didn't key up Philippians and, oh, goodness, there's a giving passage. We better pump them for something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm being very serious about this. You need to understand it, that this is in the heart of God. This is in the heart of God, that you and I be free of fear about money. And it's not so that, so that well, then if we just believe him, he'll give us billions and then we won't be afraid. Rich people are scared about their money. We're all scared. We're all worried about our finances. I think that our finances are a lot like body image. We all feel a little fatter than we should be. Not doing as well as we should, right? It's like we're all not doing as good as we think we should be doing. And that is not kingdom. Paul says, whether I have a lot or a little, I'm not nervous about this. But would you consider entering into the very economy in the way of being that your father has that actually is not just metaphorical giving. It's literally giving away money that you could have bought food with because you trust that God is real and he loves you. And that you, he's, he's weaning us from this desperation and fear that we justify so many things of working more than we should be with our families. Or maybe cutting corners. Maybe going ahead and look, making that guy look bad. Because we're afraid we won't be able to eat. That's what it comes down to, doesn't it? Jesus wants to free us. So what's interesting is in that passage in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul um, says, hey, we brought along a brother who really, everybody really trusts with the gift you gave because we don't want anybody to be nervous about how we handled this gift. We don't want to come under any criticism for that. So in Believer's Church, some of you guys already know this, but some of you don't, we have a team of what we call trustees that are appointed to watch over the money. So I, I can't, nor any of the leadership team can't just make these big decisions about uh, money. We have a team of people that we pray with. We've spent hours praying with these guys and discerning. And so 
I want to introduce to you actually our first female on the board, and she's a rock star. Lauren Lindsay is going to make a presentation about this last year in our finances. So Lauren Lindsay, come on up. Kyle, your shoe's untied. It's been making me nervous. Okay. You almost already fell off the stage, and I was like, no. (laughs) Hi, guys. Oh, good morning. I just wanted to share something real quick while we were. It just goes in line with what the Lord's been saying to us this morning, and it's not at all about church finances, but I just feel like it's in my heart, Um, and some of you might relate to it. As we started worship this morning, I was worshiping the Lord, and I was just loving Jesus and admiring him. And I have this, do you guys ever have thoughts and doubts that just plague you through your life? And one of those for me is you're an imposter. You are fooling all these people. And immediately I just felt like, no, that's a lie. And I felt the light of Jesus come into my heart there, just pushing out the darkness. If you are here and you feel like I'm an imposter I'm not good enough. I've just messed up today. I just messed up this morning or last night. Jesus is here and you, it's been done. (laughs) And we're so happy you're here. Um, So that being said, I'd like to talk to you about finances. (laughs) Um, This is a story. I, I joined the board of trustees, um, I, I honestly, maybe it's the imposter part in me, but I, I, I honestly remember when Guile first talked to my husband, Zach, and I about me joining. I feel like he said, we'd like to invite you to join the board of trustees. And the way I remember it, I looked behind me, like with joy for whoever else he was asking, <laughs> um, because I was so unexpecting um, that honor, of, of that honor. But um, in joining the board, I've had the opportunity to see how the Lord is working in our church in a way that I've never seen before, I wasn't privy to before, and I just want to spend this time today to share with you guys what I've gotten to see, just the window that's been open for me to see. I want to open just the door so that all of you guys can see how the Lord is sustaining us, because it's not, these are little things maybe, but it's the Lord is at work, and we don't always share these from the stage. So really what it is, is a story of how the Lord is sustaining us financially, but also otherwise. Um, Anna reminded me this week that Believer's Church is 25 years old this year, um, which is awesome. Yeah, 25 years. Um, (laughs) And I've only been here, I've only been here for 10 of it. Um, Somehow you guys got through before. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Um, it's an honor to be part of this, this church of faithful believers. Truly, I'm humbled to be here every day. Um, okay. So how has the Lord sustained us financially this year? I wanted to point out that, um, I believe right now you're going to be getting a handout that reflects in more detail than what I'm going to share with you today. The finances of this reflects our fiscal year. So that is from August 2021 to July of 2022. So this is ending in July. So this isn't a perfect present picture of November 2022 finances, but we're speaking about what has happened um, in that last year, and that's what the report is reflecting. Um, Okay, 
So the good news that Guile already shared is that we're really financially stable. Um, and inviting me onto the board, I thought, oh, this is like a super easy job. <laughs> um, that has not always been true. In 2020, um, the board was faced with some really hard decisions. Um, one being presenting, being presented with the opportunity to apply for and potentially take a PPP loan to get us financially through the shutdowns associated with the COVID pandemic. Um, and the board of trustees, this is before I joined the board, uh, prayerfully considered that and decided or heard from the Lord that we would not need that. And, and, and that has, that has proven true. The Lord has continued to sustain us through that. And they heard from the Lord. They discerned that truth. And we have proceeded without, um, that's that assistance. Um, and we've continued to seek the Lord and how he's been leading us in the small and the large financially. Um, so we are very healthy. Um, we have achieved a goal that I has not always been met in years past, which was to have at least 10% of our annual budget operating like in savings and ready to go just for stability of the church. We actually have in excess of that right now. We close out the year with, um, nearly 20%. And I'm going to cover that and what we're doing with that a little bit more later, but that's a great blessing. Um, we've also been able to, um, replace an, a, a huge air conditioner compressor. And this is the, the sustaining power of the Lord, right? So this actually went out in August. It's a big part of our air conditioning system in this huge space that we keep. And we approved the money back in August. We had it, but it hasn't come in or it just came in. I think it was just installed like a few weeks ago when it started getting cold. But did you guys notice that it was hot? No, because it, we were able, I mean, it just worked. The Lord, I mean, it was sustained until we got that, and I'm thankful for that. Um, we were able to provide, um, to do some upkeep. We, we have a new sign in the last year, if you hadn't noticed that. Um, yay, yeah, I know, new sign looks good. Um, we have a new PA system ordered, and that's another just testimony of the Lord <laughs> sustaining the PA system. It is very old, guys. I mean, if you have an old iPhone, think like, before iPhones came out, that is how old our PA system is. Um, so if you have any frustrations with old technology, you can imagine what uh, our, our helpful tech people back here have been dealing with. Please give them a hand. <laughs> we are so thankful for them. And, and we have also been able, out of the abundance that the Lord's provided us with, to have on order new, new pieces, but we're still waiting for them. And the Lord has been sustaining obviously everything we need. And some of that is also to keep like our live stream going so that people at home can watch. And so we're very thankful. Um, and then also a, a big joyful thing was, um, about the middle of this year with inflation as it was, um, the trustees began to feel a burden for our staff, knowing that they might be struggling to meet, to make ends meet. And we were able to give them a short-term, uh, I don't know if it was just a sustaining gift, <laughs> and a, a somewhat increase in their salary so that that would help them make ends meet in the midst of, of a very, very high inflation. Um, and so we were just so joyful to be able to give out of that. And we can started to consider um, where else or who other, what other people might be in need um, in the midst of this um, climate. <laughs> so 
That all being said, this was all done um, in a year where actually overall giving was down about 3%, which left us, so, so it wasn't down, it was based on our budgeted and expected income, we had 3% less, which equi- was the equivalent of about $36,000 less. And we were still able, we don't have a deficit, we were able to make the ends meet because um, particularly our staff um, strategically and intentionally reduced spending. And so we, just like you would do with your normal household, these aren't, (laughs) you know, breakthrough things, but just to say, like, where can we reduce our spending so that we can meet um, what the Lord is providing for us and and be responsible stewards of what we've been given? And I want to tell a story now about uh, $10,000, give or take a few hundred. But um, recently, well, one thing that happened in the last year with reduced spending was that we used to have a significant amount of our money, almost a budgeted amount of $25,000 to cover credit card fees. So when people would give by credit card, there are fees associated with that. And so we had a budgeted line for that. But over the last, that fiscal year, what happened was that you guys started to change the way you were giving. So there are ways that you can give that don't have fees attached, which are giving by cash, check, or an ACH transfer. And people started using that more. And that's you guys. That's not just any people. That's all of you who regularly give. So thank you guys. And then also people started, when you give um, through a credit card or online, you can choose to cover the fee that's associated with that. And so you increase the amount you give to cover the fee. And you guys have done that too. And thank you. I mean, I had no idea. I've checked that box before, but I had no idea the result. When that adds up, it was almost $10,000 savings to our church over a year. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, like, that's you guys and giving out of your generosity and being, and being thoughtful with your money. So thank you. So I want to say thank you. And I said that... We started to feel back in the summer at one of our meetings, okay, we have some extra savings. And the feeling was, we don't want to sit on that. The Lord has not given us this at this time to just keep it in a savings account. The Lord is doing something. But we weren't sure what. So we had some ideas. We could do certain different things with it. But we decided to wait um, until our next meeting. So over three months, we prayed Um, We gathered some information. Beth Dahl uh, does a great job of gathering information and putting all this together. Guys, Beth, are you here? Where are you? Oh, she's not. Well, can we clap for her anyway in case she watches the live stream? (laughs) Beth Dahl is, woo! She keeps our finances and she keeps us on track, you guys. She's amazing. She knows all the stuff off the top of her head. So um, she gathered some information for us that we asked for for her to gather. And when we came back together, we just, we, we looked at the finances and we just opened our hearts to the Lord. Lord, what do you have for this? And one of the main goals that we wanted to, we had considered our, our staff and like the cost of living increase that we had given the temporary increase. What we hadn't um, yet been able to do was consider um, the, the missionaries and the ministers that our church monthly gives pledges to. So 10% of our income as a church, we actually reserve as a tithe that then goes out to support other ministries and and other 
uh, groups all around the world. And these are on your, you'll see it in your brochure that you have. It's listed out. So there are people in there that we support monthly as a church. Um, and we realize we haven't been able to increase what, what they've been getting. And they're experiencing the same, you know, tight situation that we were all experiencing with inflation and other things going on. And so we opened that up to the Lord and we were originally thinking it would be maybe 4% of what they would normally get. We would increase that in a one-time gift. And the Lord just kept impressing on different people as we were praying silently together, the number 10, 10, 10, um, and 10% or about $10,000. And that's what we decided. (laughs) we were hearing from the Lord. It was double what we were originally considering, but we had the finances, we had the ability, and we feel strongly that that's what the Lord wanted us to give. And so those people will be receiving that. Um, I think December 1st, I'm looking down here, right? Oh, they already got it. Oh, they've written, they'll get it really soon, guys. And so (laughs) it's in the process, but it's been approved. And so that's so beautiful. And so then in processing that, we realized that's how much money, about how much money our church saved by changing credit card fees for us. So we're just transferring where that money is going and the Lord is in control and he is providing. And so we just want to say the Lord is sustaining us when, when the money isn't enough because, because the PA system's on back order for nine months that we've ordered, he's sustaining our PA system. In the meantime, through the work of our of our beloved (laughs) friends back here, but also just with his power. So he is working in us and we are not without fear. We are holding all of the finances. We are stewarding well, but we are holding them with an open hand saying, Lord, where do you want this to go? Just the same as what we are hoping everyone here is doing. Um, So that's the report. And if you have any questions, um, you can certainly come to me. I probably would tell you to ask Beth. <laughs> and I think her email is on the specific handout that you got. If you wanted a detailed summary of the budget, you can get that from her as well. Um, but you're certainly welcome to approach me. So thank you, guys. Yeah, if you're wondering where the missions and whatnot is, it's that, that beige thing. Just we've, we're 42 different ministries we support um, outside of us. And again, you know, this is just family business. So it's like, what, what? some of you guys are like having a spiritual experience looking at an income statement. <laughs> but they're the minority. You know, I understand that. Uh, but this is family business. Have you guys ever noticed that um, that most of us get weird when it comes to talking about money, our own money? Like, I've found it's easier to talk these days about sex than money. I'm serious. This, that, that is, this should not be, brothers and sisters. Jesus has given us a way to live that's free of shame, free of accusation, free of comparison, free of having to feel like I've done a bad job. Amen. We've all done a bad job. We need a savior. We are sinners in need of a savior. Thank you, Jesus. We found the one place we're accepted as we are and changed into a new life. Because the next question is like, okay, great. I get the idea of giving is good. But truth be told, 
there are habits we get into. That it's not like you can just cast the demon of overspending off of you. There may be a demon, demon that's like that. I don't know. But the truth is, most of this is formation. It's habits we've gotten into. It's the way we see reality. And so one of the things that we try to do, and Scott Long, if you come on up, is we talked about this probably about six months ago, but we have purchased something for all of you to be able to have this really helpful online resource that if you want to do it yourself or we're doing classes together, you can actually start to relearn how to do your money in ways that, that match the kingdom way that you'll have money to be generous with. It won't own you. So Scott's going to talk to us about how to get involved with that. Yes, and thank you. Scott has been bugging, leading us in this charge. He's one of our trustees as well. But he's been leading the charge to help the church with this for probably 20 years. So thank you, Scott. For it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, and Guile's going to run the slides because I'm afraid to walk, talk, and slot, or click at the same time. Only if I was sitting on the couch would I be able to click and talk at the same time. Um, first off, I'm more of a balance sheet guy, not an income statement guy. So, I mean, now, and I'm also, I'm an accountant, so I prefer talking about money versus sex. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm different. That's why I'm up here. Um, no, I wanted to talk to you guys about three things real quick, and uh, my wife's hoping I'll be real quick. Um, but... Uh, we are, I want to talk to you about Ramsey Plus and financial peace and some stuff. So I want to, we want to clarify, we talked about Ramsey Plus, this tool that we bought for, the church bought for everybody. It's free to everybody. Um, I asked, uh, I found out, you know, we averaged, what, 450 people, 400, 450 people on a Sunday morning. And I, I don't know how many people we have online and stuff. But this is available to every single one of you, and even to your friends and families beyond here. So our stats, so we've been doing this about four months. Um, we don't have specific names or anything. I just have three or four numbers, and I'm a four number. I'm a numbers guy. So we have like uh, 269 users sign up underneath us under our license, which is cool. Um, now there's 135 that are actually active. So. So I know some of you tried it and said, eh, maybe not, or I don't know. But we have 135 who are active, um, and then we have 51 people who are using their budget software. Now, you don't have to use their budget software. And then there's 25 people who actually did a November budget. So, so hey. So anyways, but if we have 450, 500 people looking at this every week, um, there's some people who aren't utilizing it. And so I wanted to make sure you guys understood what is in the tools as far as Ramsey Plus. We'll show you a, a QR code to sign up for it. But a lot of you, you know, I've been doing financial peace for a long time, like Guile said. And some of you probably have taken it or maybe don't need it or, or you don't feel like you need it. We all need it. We all need it. Um, but I just want to let you know, in the Ramsey Plus, there's a bunch of other tools in there. And I want to just highlight a few of those, and this is where those slides show. So once you log into the Ramsey Plus over on the left side, if you click on Courses, and go ahead in the next one. So there is, of course, Financial Peace. That is the, you know, that is the main thing that uh, Dave Ramsey's been putting together for years and stuff. But there's a bunch of other things. There's, there's a class about getting out of student debt, which on the next one. There's a class about getting out of student debt, and I know that a lot of people have those. And I know that, that there's some possible forgiveness coming up out there, um, but, you know, it's been stalled. So we need to 
start to do some of the stuff on our own and, and come up with a plan. And this is, all these tools are for getting a plan. The, the next one is doing a budget that actually works. If you could go back. Uh, um, and then uh, the, another one, which I actually haven't done, is the legacy journey. So once you kind of gotten through and maybe you're in a good place in your finances, this talks about, um, you know, all about, you know, at the very end of the class of financial peace, Dave Ramsey talks about, Money's really just for one thing, to spend it, to save it, and to give it away. And he wants to do a lot of that. He wants to do a lot of giving away. And the legacy journey is a really cool thing. Actually, I think Anna and Dane said they started looking at that, and they said they love that class more than the Financial Peace University. So I just want to highlight, there, and then there's a couple more. Um, smart kids, smart money. I have four kids, um, and um, I, like I tell them, um, they didn't come with a um, rule book or an instruction manual. I've kind of had to figure this out as I could, and, um, and teaching kids about money is a huge thing, and it's something that I really care about, and I'm still working on it, um, and then knowing yourself, knowing money, um, that it just, you know, we all have different personalities. Not everybody can be as nerdy as I am. Um, and so this is, but this will help you understand how you relate with money and see what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and stuff. So I want to highlight, so if we go on to the QR code, sign up. Um, there's more than just Financial Peace University. Like I said, probably everyone needs to go through this um, just because even if you're not um, in a, a place of need or whatever, we can always do better with money. I, every time I open up my class, I say, I can always do better with money. I, since I've been doing this for a long time, I've become kind of like a financial priest, so to speak. People come and com <laughs> confess things to me. I'm like, oh, I don't really need to know that. It's like that State Farm commercial. Out of the, oh, I don't need to know that much. But I, no, it doesn't, it's fine, it's fine, that's what we do, that's what CPAs do, and that's what I do sometimes, and that's okay, but I, I you don't have to, you don't have to justify, or, you know, I, I'll be happy to help you in any way you can, that's what I like, um, but I want to tell you about my last financial peace class that we just finished up this fall, um, we had, um, five, six couples and a few singles, and, you know, like every time, it, it's really great, uh, we had a couple couples, one newly one, one, uh, one newlywed couple, and then one that was just about ready to get married. And they went through, and uh, they came out and told me, um, you know, it was just getting together and, you know, coming together in the marriage and stuff and finances and how you deal with those differently. This class really helps you get on the same page. It really gives you a foundation. I wish I started doing it about five years into my marriage. I wish I had done it at the very beginning, because it would have saved me a lot of, not hurt, it would have saved us a lot, maybe some disagreements, um, you know, as far as over time and stuff, because I probably know a lot of the stuff, but I lack the ability to communicate the stuff, and so, and to very, to, so it helped open communication lines for me, and I see that for young people as they're getting started, and, and also, you know, I have kids in college, they're going to need to get in it, so um, I'm all about, you know, getting the young kids into this, young, young adults into financial peace, just so they have a roadmap, a, a, a way of going. So um, then we had a couple couples, I'm going to include myself in that, that were, have been married 20 years or more. And you know what? 
it helped uh, help Anna and I get on the same page and get you know get back into the swing of things. And so I like to do this. I think Dave Ramsey talks about in his class. I do this all the time so that I stay on the path, and I keep doing it so I can stay on the path because it's really easy. Like Giles said, it's all about developing habits and things like that. Um, that you, you do every day to make good decisions and to, to win with money and stuff. And sometimes we tend to get into bad habits. And so this brings me back. And so, and so that's what um, I would say I found out. But the other couple had said that help them get on the same page and help them get back on the same page and help them with their communication and stuff. Um, so those are some of the benefits I've seen. Like I said, um, we all need... Uh, we all need a, a path or a, um, a plan. Sometimes we need a refresher. And so I think it's good that everybody goes through at least once and even multiple times. I've been through it probably eight times myself. So, um, so maybe I just need it a lot more than the rest of you. So, um, But anyways, like I said, we want to be better stewards with our money. And um, that's what God's called us to do. Whether you have a little bit or a lot, we can always do better. And that's the whole point of this. Um, so finally, um, the brilliant Griff Poindexter is going to start a new class coming up in uh, end of January. Of course, nobody wants to start financial peace right before the holidays, right? You know. So, but and and I don't and I don't really um, I don't really love you know New Year's resolutions or whatever. But as far as we all probably in January start so hmm, maybe I should look at how, how I'm doing money and if I could do a little better. And so this is going to be a perfect time for um, come Sunday mornings before the main service uh, with Griff. I might show up a little bit and um, just walk through the class with us. And um, I, I, you will not regret it. I promise you, you will not regret it. But if, uh, go ahead, sign up on the QR code. Look at all the stuff we want to see. We have another eight months or so where you can sign up, and then you get a year access from that point to all those tools. So get in there. You know, I was thinking it's Thanksgiving week. You're gonna, most of us are going to be off, maybe have some free time. Check it out. Sign up this week. Look at uh, the, what's in there, and uh, maybe you'll f- find something. There's other stuff in there, too, that I didn't um, highlight, but... Um, Find something, and we, we just want to give you the tools to manage your money better, get on, you know. And just, I, I find in doing taxes all the time is I don't think people necessarily don't want to give. I think they're afraid to give because they don't really know where everything is. And, you know, there's so many uh, bills or expenses coming and stuff, and they don't feel the freedom to give. And I think if you get into a position where you are got a plan together, then you have the freedom to give. And there's no doubt that God will um, take care of that and just bless it. Um, just like Lauren said, uh, we've seen amazing, amazing stuff um, just by us choosing to hear God and do what he tells us to do versus what we think in our minds we need to do. So, All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Scott. So these are just two two of the trustees. I see John Phillips. If you want to stand, who's that? Any other trustees? There's Terry Blaine. Where's Casty? Is he Casty here? And I know Mark Hodge is out. 
Who, who am I missing? Anybody? Tim. Where's Tim Hart? He's out of town. Okay. Battery's on the floor weeping before the Lord. Uh, isn't it great? Aren't you glad that these guys are stewarding the money that we give? That Think about this. That like Lauren's prophetic. So she has got a word from the Lord right away. And then Scott it, has seen hundreds, if not thousands of people in their financial situation. And he, he, he's thought this tool, I think it really can help us. I want to give credit to Anna Lucas. Isn't it nice to ha- when you have a sermon, it's nice to know what to do with it. Otherwise, what's the point, right? You know, and so, so Anna set all this up. I, I, uh, this whole message, I can, cannot take cre- credit for really much of it at all. But we can see from today, the scriptures are clear. This isn't about trying to be financially successful or the church needing your money. This is not any of that. It's entering to God's economy, his way of living. Could it be possible he actually wants us to live free from fear? particularly about money. And that we give to others because it's how we love each other. In a concrete way, we get to see God's provision when we risk, and God's kingdom grows. The economy of heaven grows. Let's stand together, and I'll just pray over you, and we'll go on from here, Lord. Thank you that you love us, that you want to prosper us in all the ways that matter the most, that we live free of anxiety and fear, in confidence that you are taking care of us to the degree that we can help other people in need. We don't have to grasp and be afraid. Will you help us to walk this out, Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. And Roger came in running in here. I'm not saying amen until, yes. Okay. Yes, okay. So, remember a couple Sundays ago, Annalise, who's a missionary friend of ours, who's going to a country. You'll notice at the bottom of the countries, there's some that we only put at one letter, and we don't even tell you where they're going. It's because they're going to closed countries, uh, where it's pretty dangerous stuff. Annalise happens to be doing some of that. So, she's having a uh, get-together right after this to learn more about what she's doing. So this could maybe an immediate way to serve with somebody else by giving toward them and being part of partnership in the gospel with Annalise right in the fireside room right after this. Love you guys. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.